Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my friend and my co-host Alex. We got another jam-packed episode of the Giant Take Podcast and I feel like I've been saying that a lot recently because it's very much true. We have news to cover about the New York Giants and what they've done so far before free agency has even begun. And yet, there's even more because free agency begins when you're listening to this episode. It is Sunday night, March 12th right now. The talking periods with uh, NFL, I guess GMs or front offices and players, free agents, uh, possible free agents, upcoming free agents begin on March 13th. The official day that free agency begins is on the 15th of March. That would be on Wednesday. But the talking periods begin a couple days earlier than that. So we are going to preview some prospects, or not prospects, they are very much in the NFL. Some players, uh, I'm so used to the draft mindset here because we've been doing that a lot. Some players that are in the NFL right now uh, that are potential signings for the New York Giants that they could very well make at positions of need. If you want to listen, I we're talking about it with Alex before this episode, we gave our thoughts on all the upcoming New York Giants free agents, I think a few episodes ago, on if we should keep them or not, like the 20 guys or 15 guys, one or two of them now being back with the team. Uh, and we'll talk about that first. But Alex, um, I want you to send this back to me, actually. But first of all, I'll go <laughs> to you. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited. Uh, it's about two and a half hours from the Schefter and Rappaport barrage of tweets. Yes, uh, that they have scheduled. I mean, it's crazy how these guys, this talking period begins at 12, and, you know, they're just, they're done talking in about two, three minutes. Deals are wrapped up. It's easy peasy. Don't know how that happens, but uh, must be magic. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this episode. A lot to get through, a lot to talk about in terms of free agency targets that we want to, you know, list out a few at some key important positions for the Giants that we hope, uh, or at least, obviously, not all of them are going to come in. Otherwise, that must mean the cap doesn't exist anymore, which it very much does. Um, but certainly some guys that could be uh, nice additions to our roster. It doesn't seem like Joe Shane is going to be signing these minimum guys as much anymore, but I don't think the Giants are going to be huge spenders, contrary to what a lot of people are saying. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I'll send it back to you since that is what you requested. Well, Alex, it's it's because um, I wanted to address something here because I've been talking about it on the podcast, and I don't know why I want to address it. And whatever, if you wanna, if you really don't care about my personal health, fine. You could skip. You have that skip button available to you where you can skip ahead, and that's okay. Uh, but I am gonna take two minutes just to say that. Oh my gosh, I thought this wisdom teeth stuff that I had last week done would be gone by now. I thought the pain would be erased, right? I thought it'd be back to perfectly podcasting. Now talking, it hasn't been as bad. And I, I've recorded that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley episode last week perfectly fine. However, when I eat, man, it sucks. It's like, wow, eating is so fun. There's, there's great foods out there and there's great tastes out there. And yet, it's still painful. It's so painful. And it, and it sucks that I just want to enjoy. I want to enjoy eating. I mean, we know how good it is to eat. You know how good it is to eat. It's... It's it's a it's a great thing in this world, and yet I can't enjoy it because every time I eat, it's so painful. But anyway, I I know that this podcast isn't about me; it's about the New York Giants. But I did want to address the people on my pray, prayers up for Josh, guys. Prayers up. I want to say prayers up. I'm, I'm very much lucky uh, to be where I am right now and have the ability to get my wisdom teeth out, so I don't have pain in the back of my mouth for the rest of my life. Except I have pain in the back of my mouth right now, and I don't know how long that's going to last. I thought it would be done by now, but here we are. So, anyway, that's all I that's all I wanted to talk. And with that, that's the end of our episode, and we'll see you next time. We thank you for listening to this episode of the Giant Tape Podcast. Hit the links down below. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Go to the GoFundMe for Josh's pain program. <laughs> oh, that's just becoming a pity party. All right, all right let's, let's go. Right. Say, uh, Sterling Shepard. I was going to say Saquon Barkley. We can worry about him later. Sterling Shepard, wide receiver for the New York Giants, has returned on a one-year veteran minimum deal. He's returning for his A season with the team. Hopes to be ready by week one. I think he's still actually the longest tenured vet on the Giants roster. I think he was last year. I think he now returns to be again this year. Uh, Hopes to be ready by week one after suffering a torn ACL in the early parts of the 2022 season. Alex, I also think this is now the second season in a row back-to-back last year and the year before that where Sterling Shepard suffered season-ending injuries, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, luckily, the vet minimum this year for Shepard is only $1.16 million. But we should be okay. And it's a nice guy to bring back, 30 years old. Your thoughts on it? I think it's a good deal to bring back. Not much money. And we know when he is on the field, he's actually quite effective. He's quite productive. Um, so I think this is going to be a good thing for the Giants, along with his leadership to bring back. Um, and, you know, this is going to be probably an inexperienced wide receiving room. And it's always good to have someone like Shep who can kind of guide that group and maybe make an impact uh, when he's healthy and on the field. You know, if he's not, so be it. Uh, it's nice to have him in the locker room. I think there's no downside to this deal whatsoever. Um, one year, no commitment on a vet min minimum. So I think this is all good. Uh, for Sterling Shepard and the Giants. And then uh, I guess I'll move on now to another current player who's planning on uh, doing shaking it up, I guess you could say, a little bit here in free agency. Uh, safety Tony Jefferson plans on adding 10 to 15 pounds. He had an inner, he talked to Jordan Ron on about this, this is where we got this from, uh, and converting to a full-time linebacker ahead of free agency. So he's going to be entering free agency as a linebacker um, for whatever his team, whatever team he decides to join. Could that possibly be the Giants? Giants obviously need linebacker help. He did play in that pseudo-linebacker role for the Giants at times uh, during this past season. Could that be the case? Possibly, possibly not. When I look at this, you you know, Jefferson already, he's kind of a small guy, 10, 15 pounds. Yes, it'll be a little bit better, but I still think in terms of, you know, against the run, it's just going to be a struggle for him. I don't think he's the type of guy who we really need right now. We could always put down someone if he returns we'll talk about him in a few minutes like Julian Love uh you know bring him down um a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage Dane Belton who we have in the draft uh you know some other guys it's very easy to find these safeties you know these hybrid safeties who can really play linebacker as well and I think Tony Jefferson he was decent for the Giants last season maybe I consider bringing him back on a vet minimum deal like Sterling Shepard or another guy we're going to talk about in a little bit but I feel like personally he's going to want a little bit more with that and I'm just not sure if it's the right fit and we can't bring everyone back and I think there's other pieces that we've had you know that we've had this past season that are going to be more important to bring back I'd much rather bring back someone like Fabian Moreau or someone um you know like Julian Love someone you know so, someone more I think important to this team uh and contribute that kind of cap room uh to that kind of uh, you know, purpose for getting a deal done with one of those guys. Yeah, you're talking about importance, Alex. This guy just is not important at all, and yet he's still in the plans for the New York Giants and sub capacity. I don't understand it. Move on, Giants. Move on. And that is wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, held a workout in Arizona on Friday. The Giants were in attendance. OBJ is expected to demand about more than $20 million after not even playing last year. Yes, you got the Super Bowl with the Rams. Yes. I want to say it was a pivotal part, but he was a part in that run. However, that was for less than half a season, signed mid-year, right? Something like that. I'm also demanding $30 million to do the Giant Take podcast, but I'm not getting anything, so. Uh, yeah, so the real question is what he's going to get. There's also now a report that the Giants uh, and Odell Beckham's agent were in talks with each other, or at least talked to each other, whatever, at the NFL Scouting Combine a couple weeks ago. Whatever, man. I, I'm I'm moving on. I'm I'm done. I'm not even talking about the guy. Uh, the Giants. I, I do I, I do have a uh, comment about it. I'm gonna miss, sorry have to do it. I think the only way I would do it is if it's a one year deal, not a lot of guarantees, mostly incentive based, no more than ten million in total. I think that that would be my max for Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe two years, like fifteen, like a similar to the Robert Woods deal, but nothing more than that. Uh, I just don't trust players coming off ACL injuries, especially. I don't trust. I don't trust Odell Beckham. Period. He's a lunatic. You're more of a you're more of a hater than me now. What's going on? I'm not a big OBJ fan, but you know we'll have to wait and see what happens. I don't think he's going to end up with the Giants because I think he's going to want to go to a team that he thinks will be more likely to win a Super Bowl next season. I don't think that's going to be the Giants. That's fine. I believe in my hearts of hearts. I think he's going to end up a Cowboy and then he'll be a disgraced Giant for the rest of his life. So uh, I think that's going to be what's happened. I'm I'm really confused why. Giants fans are still loving this guy. I mean, he he kind of wanted to leave our team, and he was crazy when he was on our team. He's still kind of not a crazy. I mean, Alex, we look at the thing from this past season with on the on the plane. That's true. The guy was intoxicated. 
talking back to other passengers on the flight, talking back to the flight attendants and security who were telling him you need to get off this plane. And we want him in the locker room with our players. The only reason I would even look to sign Odo Beckham was in a veteran presence standpoint. We already signed a guy in Sterling Shepard who's been with his organization his entire career, who was here last year with these wide receivers who are already signed, like um, Isaiah Hodgins and Colin Johnson and whatever, like whoever's on the roster. Um, not very good wide receivers, I should say. But no offense to them. There's no reason to bring Odell Beckham in this room, in the, in this in this locker room, in this environment, back to New York. In any room. <laughs> in any room, in any plane. I mean, no reason. Anyway. Okay, now I'm moving on. Sorry. See, now you've dragged me back into this. Uh, the Giants received two uh, comp compensatory, I can never get that word right, comp picks. Comp picks in this year's draft, one of them being a fifth round pick, 172 overall, the other one being a seventh round pick, 254 overall. They now have 11 total selections in this year's draft. We kind of assumed it was going to be 11. We now confirmed it's going to be 11. And also, uh, that Chiefs pick that we got for Kadarius Tony, that third round comp pick, that landed at pick 100 there. So the Giants have four picks in the top 100, not as good as last year where they had five, two in the top 10, um, but still pretty decent and some nice uh, ammo here for Joe Shane to use. I think this draft class, you know, now this gives the Giants three seventh-round picks. We know this draft class is pretty top-heavy in terms of the talent. I think this is one of those years that trading up is going to be a good idea, making sure you get some good players. You know, it's not as helpful at this point in time to make all 11 of these selections, I just don't think is a good idea for this Giants team. Just making sure we can trade up, get the right players to fill the right holes is going to be the most important thing, especially in a draft like this one. You know, last year I was all for taking as many picks as possible because that was a deep, deep, deep class um, because of the opt-out year with COVID and all that. But this year, it's a little bit thin. I think it's going to be a year that you're going to want to trade up, and I think a lot of teams are going to trade up. But, of course, that means that the price for trading up is going to be much higher. So we're going to have to wait and see how that dynamic all works out. Um, but anyway, enough draft stuff. We'll move back to free agency now. So much as we always want to talk about the draft, the Giants have re-signed linebacker Gerard Davis to a one-year minimum deal as well. He was claimed off waivers late in the last season from the Lions, and he started at linebacker in the playoffs. Good to have him back, uh, hopefully a depth piece and not a starter uh, going forward. And we'll talk about the linebacker position a little bit later on when we talk about some free agency targets. Um, and Josh, I guess uh, I'll talk about this as well. Do you, do you have anything about Gerard Davis or do you have no comments on Gerard Davis? No comments on Gerard Davis. All right. Um, so the Commanders have just today, you're probably thinking, why are we talking about the Commanders? Who cares about the Commanders? This is very relevant for us Giants fans. The Commanders are locking in star defensive tackle Deron Payne on a four-year deal for $90 million, $60 million of it guaranteed. That comes out to $22.5 million per year. And that is very interesting for a certain sexy Dexy Lawrence, um, who also is in talks with the Giants currently for a contract extension. Uh, Deron Payne, also a very, very effective guy on the interior defensive line. I would say Dexter Lawrence probably a little bit more valuable than him. A lot of people are talking, what is Dexter Lawrence going to get paid? Is it going to be $20 million a year, $25 million a year, $30 million a year? I think with this contract, I think it's, I don't think it's good or bad for the Giants necessarily. It's about where I expected it to be. I think Dexter Lawrence is going to come out to about, 25 million a year which is just kind of what I thought would happen here um, and you got to keep and retain your best players I know some people like 25 million for an interior defensive tackle but when people say pay how much would you pay Aaron Donald people would pay Aaron Donald 40 million a year he makes that type of impact um, it doesn't always matter what position um, you play positional value is important but sometimes um, positional value isn't everything and I think Dexter Lawrence he's going to get paid that 25 million it's important to keep your own keep your own talent and uh, I think he's going to be sticking around here. But the Deron Payne news is very big for his agents and for the Giants in these negotiations. And then our final piece of news before we move to the free agency or free agent targets would be Julian Love, an upcoming free agent in this NFL dr uh, draft. Really? Really, Josh? Draft can't get off our mind, man. <sighs> Safety Julian Love and the Giants are working on a new deal right now. What will he get is the real question. How much can the Giants pay him if they're looking for other guys in the free agency window that are not, you know, uh, or that have not been with the team 
after franchise tagging Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones getting his new contract is the big question we're all looking at. I have a prediction, in case anyone cares. I have a prediction. I think it's going to be three years, $20 million, and I think that's going to be more than people want. I've seen a lot of people say no more than $5 million. You look at the safety market, similar comps, similar players. Yes, this is really you know reasonably deep safety market this year, hence why I think he's actually going to get less than maybe some would have thought earlier if this wasn't as heavy of a safety market. I think he's going to get just under $7 million a year, and three years, 20 sounds like a good deal, maybe $10, 12000000 million guaranteed. I know, I'm a wannabe GM. This is just kind of what I'm predicting. The sports management non-major is coming in clutch for Alex, right? Yeah, non-major. Not a sports management major, but we'll see. Um, All right, all right. I guess we're ready to do it, right? Yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. So NFL free agency targets for the New York Giants. We're going to start out at the running back position. We're going in order, obviously, in the way a depth chart would work in the NFL from offense to defense, moving, starting at running back, because we're not getting the wide receiver in free agency. We already got our guy in Daniel Jones. The first guy, the funniest one to me here, probably out of all of this list, just because of his history against the New York Giants, is the killer himself, Boston Scott. Not literal killer, just making sure. Got to clear No, 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 no. The <laughs> New York Giants football team franchise killer, I should say. Boston Scott, every time he plays a team, whether he's the first string or whether he's the fourth string running back on the Eagles roster, still seems to get in the end zone against the G-Men. Alex, you have him on this list. Why is that? I have him on this list because if you can't beat him, join him. Um, he's just a killer against the Giants. And also with the connection with Brandon Brown, assistant GM, formerly with the Eagles. Um, the Eagles obviously are kind of going through a running back uh, turnover here. Miles Sanders, also free agent. Kenneth Gainwell, the only guy still on the uh, still under contract here. I think Boston Scott makes sense here because the Eagles, at the Eagles, he's going to be a number three guy. He's going to be more of a committee guy, um, maybe get a few snaps a game. But I think with the Giants here, he has an opportunity to solidify himself as a number two, solid number two behind Saquon Barkley, um, you know, kind of get some more reps uh, than he would at the Eagles. Um, you know, overall, last season, uh, you know, when I'm looking at the statistics, you know, he only got about 13% of the snaps, uh, which I think he would definitely get a lot more at this Giants team. He could get upwards of 20, 25%. Um, and he really... He didn't start any games either. So I think in general, Saquon Barkley, obviously we know he has a little bit of a rocky injury history. I think Boston Scott and his, you know, his agents could see this as a possible opportunity uh, for him to, you know, kind of solidify himself as a, you know, I guess a slightly higher caliber running back against the, you know, teams other than the Giants. Because right now it seems like he can only play well against the Giants. But if he's on the Giants, maybe it's a whole different story. Um, so that's why I have him as our first guy here, and I have all the spot track, uh, I guess, predictions, market value, etc., and they have him at $1.1 million, uh, so almost close to a vet minimum deal there for Boston Scott. Um, Josh, who's our next guy? Yeah, so our next guy here, I want to talk about him a little bit, is Devin Singletary. Why do we have him on this list? Practically the same reason that we have Boston Scott on this list, and that's his connection with former or st- staff members, who formerly were on these teams, now on the New York Giants. We had Brown, uh, the assistant GM of the or of the New York Giants, who used to be with the Eagles. We now have Devin Singletary, who spent all of his career with the Buffalo Bills. So far, it's been his four. Uh, it's been four years. I think he's only twenty five years old. Drafted by Joe Shane. Yeah. Drafted by Joe Shane. Uh, well, not directly Joe Shane, but under his regime, he wasn't the GM, obviously. But yes, it, he was. He was in that front office at the time coached by Brian Dable, if you want to talk about the offensive coordinator stuff there. Um, Never really had his time to shine in Buffalo. He was the starting running back, but again, he was in a uh, passing offense. So they were never really running the ball heavily. More of a receiving back, I want to say. Not really a power running back. He also shared the backfield 50-50 most of his career uh, or last couple years with Zach Moss. But you always see Josh Allen throwing the ball. And it would be kind of Devin Singletary doing some drag routes or routes out of the backfield for him to catch. And that would kind of be it. Now, remember, this is our second and our final running back free agent target, or at least that we have on here that the Giants could uh, could look at. Remember, they also have Matt Breida that they're able to talk to as well, who was on the team last year, who could very well come back in that backup role. 
We're not looking at starters. We have Daniel or Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley franchise tag for this year. He's our starting running back. He's our guy. He's the face of the franchise. Yada yada yada. Who's our backup? Are we really trusting a guy like Deshaun Corvin as our backup of the team? Are we trusting a guy behind him? We have one more, right? Gary Brightwell. Uh, Gary Brightwell as our backup for this team. Do we trust Matt Breida to come back? He did fine last year. Underrated player, whatever. Or do we look towards the draft or right now towards free agency? Singletary is a guy who I think is going to be asking for a lot of money, and Alex, you'll confirm me on this. Not a lot, but more than Scott. Uh, you'll confirm me on that. Because he does have some production last year in 177 attempts for Buffalo, 18, 819 yards and five touchdowns. So he's got some product there. On anyway. split touches as well, yeah. And I think the way you look at it with Singletary, right, Josh Allen takes so much of the rushing, the red zone rushing, uh, you know, a lot of the short yardage situations. So it's really tough for a running back like Singletary or even guys like James Cook uh, who are there now to really shine in that Buffalo offense. Um, but right now, uh, Spot Track has him at about five and a half million average annual salary, so a lot more. Um, I can't imagine he'd get more than five million a year. Um, but I mean, again, who knows? Um, but I think it's certainly an option if Joe Shane and uh, you know the front office want to go a slightly pricier, slightly higher ceiling uh, running back route in the backfield next to Saquon Barkley. But I, what I will say here is this running back class is so freaking deep. Uh, in the draft that it would probably not be the smartest to go out and splash a lot of cash on a running back. I think someone like Boston Scott bring in some veteran NFL experience or bring back Matt Breida and then draft the guy. That's probably the way to go uh, and, you know, spend some of that cap on other positions that are more pressing and may not have as uh, strong of a or deep of a class in the draft. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, I guess we'll move on to the wide receivers now. Um, this guy's bounced around quite a bit, Josh. Uh, he well, not that many times, literally a couple of times from the Jaguars, from the Jaguars to the Lions. It feels like he's been bouncing around. I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, DJ Chark, only 26 years old, does have five years in the league though already. Uh, didn't have the most productive season last year with the Lions. Still did pretty decent. He's projected to earn nine and a half million a year, uh, according to Spot Track. Remember this wide receiver group is very thin in free agency so their prices are going to be inflated uh they have them at three years and just under 29 million dollars um and overall second round pick from 2018 had a pretty decent season like I said last year really had a better season in his sophomore and junior NFL seasons back in 2019-2020 with Jacksonville uh, but still put up uh, a decent uh product here last season almost 500 or a little over 500 yards but still not as great as his 1000 yard season in 2019 but a guy with upside you know is still kind of a somewhat big receiver i'm going to get his uh his is i guess stature you want to say four six foot four i was gonna i was just gonna jump in alex and that was my kind of talk about him he's a tall guy standing at six foot four and only two just over 200 pounds so this guy is going to be a very, yeah, I was going to say a key guy for your one-on-one matchups. And my other takeaway, Alex, is, you know how we talked about Odell Beckham and, like, not the leadership we want? I don't know if it's leadership, but chemistry. Um, I find it very interesting, and this is a little kind of tidbit, and I don't know if it's that important. DJ Chark, right? Only one season with the Lions. He hopped on the same uh, Browns podcast with Amon Ra and his brother, uh, Equinilius or something like that, who's on the Bears, who's also a wide receiver. He went on their podcast, and him and Amon Ra already had that chemistry going back and forth for only one season on the Lions, which I think shows, maybe it shows how nice of a guy Amon Ra is and good he is, but I think it also shows how G.J. Chark could be a good locker room presence. So we're not just going into these guys talking about how, yes, their skill sets might be really good, but let's also see how do they gel with other players? How do they gel with teams? Because if you have a bunch of lunatics and guys that don't gel well in the locker room, you're going to see how it doesn't produce on the field. So that's another tidbit I wanted to add because uh, I saw him on there and only, you know, connecting on a bond with one season is pretty big. Anyway. Yeah, all these guys, most pretty much 90% of these guys plus have uh, other reasons for why we have them on our list besides just their play. Of course, there are a couple guys who we have just because they are good players um, and could make a big difference. But um, I guess I'll move on to the next guy. 
This is an underrated guy who I've been watching the past couple seasons. Don't ask why I've been watching. Josh is smiling because he knows he thinks this is goofy, but whatever. I'm going to go. Well, no, no, I'm smiling because I know I'm very interested at how, if you pronounce his name correctly. I know. This is exciting. I'm going to, I know how to pronounce his last name. I do not know how to pronounce his first name. I believe Olamide. it's Ol- Olamide Zacchaeus. So I got that right. Beautiful. From, I know. I knew him. I've been watching. I've been keeping an eye on him, Josh. I've been watching. I've been scouting. You don't understand. Um, 25 years old with the Falcons. He had his best season last year, a little over 500 yards. Definitely not going to be your number one alpha receiver uh, that everyone's looking for. But I think as a depth piece here, he's only projected to get about three and a half million a year. Uh, he's had some decent production. And with the eye test, uh, maybe his stats aren't the most, uh, I guess, aren't the best, I would say. Uh, they don't blow, uh, blow, you know, blow everything out the window. But when I see him play uh, with the Falcons, don't ask me why I'm watching so much Falcons. I just ended up watching a few Falcons games. Um, but he really is a smooth route runner. He's pretty quick. Um, he's got good hands. I think he's someone who's an underrated guy who's still, um, you know, still available here in free agency. Maybe not one of the top dogs. Obviously went undrafted, wasn't even drafted in 2019. But I think he's a he's a solid option. Maybe you don't bring back someone like Richie James because now that he had such a great season, maybe he's going to command more money. Um, but someone like Zacchaeus could be a nice option. Um, so I have him on the list. Do you have any comment about him, Josh? I'm not going to lie to you, Alex. I did not know who he was until you put him down on this board. So, no, I have absolutely no comments on him. But I do like to say, now doing some research, he actually grew up in South Jersey. Sure. See? Fair enough. So, I'm I'm excited to see where he goes because I think he's an underrated receiver. He's a, He was in a terrible Falcons situation. The Falcons suck. So, I think with a better quarterback, better situation, better coaching, he could really shine. So, I'm excited to see what happens for him, even if he doesn't end up coming to the Giants. Um, moving on now to our next player, Josh will know this guy, Mac Hollins uh, of the Raiders. He's just, uh, he's 29 years old, six years in the NFL. He was a fourth round pick a few years back in 2017. Uh, it looks like he's going to command around two and a half million a year. Had a very nice season for the Raiders last year. Had 690 yards, the most in his career by a long shot. Uh, before that, it was 233, uh, 223, excuse me. So uh, definitely a big year for him. Big target, another tall guy, a contested catch guy at times, but also can separate, uh, which I think is very important. Could be an option. Not my favorite option on this list. I'm kind of looking for, you know, the him and Zacchaeus aren't necessarily guys who that have any connections with the coaching staff or anything like that, or at least, you know, uh, obvious connections. But I think the way their profile, their player profile fits, they could be nice scheme fits for the Giants in terms of what they want. I think the Giants right now, they need big receivers, tall receivers, outside guys, and then they need playmakers, guys who are smooth route runners, good separators, and I think that's what Zacchaeus and Hollins both offer. Obviously, not all of it together, but they both offer different things. Hollins, 6'4", just like uh, the same height as TJ Chark, just a little bit um, heavier at 15 pounds, which could be honestly a better thing uh, when it comes to like one-on-one contested catches, things of that nature. Alex, you know, honestly became a number three, even at some points, number two wide receiver behind Devontae Adams in, in Las Vegas and was not expected to be that way. An unexpected guy because of, I mean, as we know what happened with the Henry Rugg situation, the, un, you know, the unfortunate deal there. And then also, I think they had some injury issues throughout the season two where he had to step up at the wide receiver position. So definitely a guy we probably wouldn't be talking about if he didn't rise up to the occasion in Las Vegas. So credit to him. The next guy on this list, which honestly I can't see him in anywhere else but a Chiefs uniform. I can't even picture it in my head. It's just I hear this guy's name, I see his face, and I see the Chiefs red uh, that he's wearing, and that is McCole Hardman, the 25-year-old fourth-year player. Just finished his fourth season with the Chiefs. He spent all four years with the Chiefs. He's now a free agent after his rookie contract is up. Had his uh, four touchdowns this year, almost 300 yards catching. I don't think this guy goes anywhere else. I think he got he had re-signs with Andy Reid. I don't think Andy Reid wants him to go anywhere else. Very fast, as we know. Um, kind of what people were, were were saying when Tyreek Hill left that he was going to be the replacement. I wouldn't say that directly. Um, definitely has he's very fast though. Uh, I just don't see him leaving the Chiefs though. I think this one's a tough one because he's going to command a lot of money. There hasn't been a ton of production which isn't necessarily his fault just because he's been in such a crowded Chiefs offense where it's really hard to shine. I think 
There's an injury history as well, which is very concerning. A lot of injury history. Canarius Tony-level injury history uh, for any Giants fans who want a kind of a reference. So I think it's going to be dangerous for a team to you know pay big money for him. And right now, Track has him projected about four years, $41 million, just over $10 million a year, which I think is a lot. There has been rumors that the Giants have been linked to him. Uh, obviously, former uh, Chiefs uh, coach there in Mike Kafka. Um, he offensive coordinator, so there's a connection there. That's kind of why I put him on this list. Personally, don't think it's a good move, especially if you're paying him that much money um, because of the injury history, because of the lack of production. Yes, he's a smooth separator. Yes, he's quick. Yes, he's a guy who can really um, beat you down the field, but I just we haven't seen enough in his career to give him a four-year contract worth you know upwards of $40 million. I think that's a big risk. Uh, if it was a shorter deal, more of a prove-it deal, maybe... Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of competition out there for him just because of his skill set. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens there. And I guess I'll move on now to our final receiver, which is Paris Campbell, 25 years old, four years in the league, uh, second round pick in 2019. He's been with the Colts uh, his whole career. Obviously, his rookie contract is now up. He had a pretty good year this year with almost 600 yards, his best year by far. And overall, I think he's a smooth route runner. He's a nice slot guy. Um, he separates really well. I was looking the other day. He had some of some of the uh, best separation statistics in the NFL. I think he's going to have a lot of um, you know competition in terms of his want people wanting his services. Spotrack has him at only two and a half million right now in terms of what they project. I think it's going to be a lot more than that. I think you're looking five to seven, maybe upwards of ten million dollars a year for Paris Campbell. I think uh, he they're kind of underrating him. Again, an, another guy with not a lot of production, but the skill set to possibly earn himself a big contract in a very weak wide receiver free agent class. I feel like Campbell's the one that I've seen the Giants kind of linked with the most, uh, but that's just me. And I guess with that, I don't have anything on him. So I guess with that, we can go to the tight ends now. We have a few here. The one who I've seen the Giants link with the most now, which is absolutely crazy to me, is Dolan. Makes Dolan. no sense. No sense. No sense to me. And I told you this before we recorded, Alex. I think the Giants would be, honestly, like I, I'm I'm saying this in all sincerity, I think they'd be stupid to sign a tight end in this free agency class. There's just no reason to. Why sign a, why sign a tight end? We have a tight end, Daniel Bellinger, who, yeah, he's not putting up huge numbers, but it's not like he's getting huge targets either. He's more used as the blocking tight end. We haven't really even explored how he can do it receiving-wise. And maybe that's because he can't, but maybe he can. And we just haven't even seen it yet because the Giants were more of a heavy running offense. And when they passed, it wasn't to tight ends. It was to wide receivers. Now, with that being said, if you really want a tight end, draft one. It's so much cheaper. I don't I don't get it. No reason to sign a tight end. But anyway, we're going through those targets anyway because that's what Alex wanted to do. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not putting anything on you. It's all right. Uh, we're, we're both going through it. I think tight end is a position of need, but I don't think it's a good idea to spend big money in free agency. I think getting a guy on the it's not a top, it's not a top five position of need. I, we, I mean, we know our top five positions of need. Come yeah, I, but I think it's probably like six. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's up there. But just because you know when you're looking at this free agency class, it's reasonably strong for tight ends. But I'd say you want to get a lower caliber guy and then invest in another guy in the draft, maybe third, fourth round. And I think that's what you're going to want to do if you're a Giants, you know, if you're in the Giants front office, I think that makes the most sense because you do need a guy in there. You can't go into next season with just Daniel Bellinger and then a rookie, right? Because uh, you need some experience there. So I think bringing in a veteran, we're going to talk our last tight end on this list, I think is the best fit. So we'll talk about him. So I'll kind of fly through some of these more expensive guys who have been linked to the Giants. All of them actually have been linked to the Giants. So I think it's important to talk about them. So, Dalton Schultz, oh, like you yeah. said, uh, just wanted to you know give a market value. He's averaging it looks like around 15 million a year. Four years, 60 is where they have him. So uh, certainly interesting. Good production, of course, but is he really a necessity for the Giants? I don't think so. Um, and then moving on, Mike Kosicki from New York. A lot of tweets about him possibly wanting to come home, etc. Oh, uh, his market value is at around eight million. They have him at four years, 32. Again, not a guy who's been super explosive in the passing game because the Miami Dolphins don't really use their tight ends much part of it. But again, production doesn't usually lie, and he just hasn't had a ton of it, uh, especially last season, which is his joint worst season in the NFL uh, besides his rookie season back in 2018. So really not a fan of that move, but people have been talking about that one. Josh, I'll let you finish it out uh, with the final two guys. 
Final two, Irv Smith is one of them. He spent three years in Minnesota. He's only 24 years old. Uh, was he drafted by the team? Yes, he was. He was drafted in the second round of the 2019 NFL draft by the Vikings. Uh, a, a backup tight end to Kyle Rudolph, I want to say. Um, and then once Kyle Rudolph left there, I want to say he became the starting tight end, but was injured uh, throughout the season. Replaced by Hawkinson. So. <laughs> oh, that's true. right. Well, because he was injured. That's why they got him, because Smith went yeah. down. Yeah. I forget what the injury was. Um, yeah. 10 million is his market value. I think he could be decent because he's so young at 24 still. And he, we've shown, we've seen flashes, injury history concerns, obviously. But Ankle. If they were if they were to go for a bigger money tight end, this is the guy who I'd want them to go for. Yeah, ankle injury that put him on the IR um, for, I think, there was the remainder of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And then, finally, Tyler Croft, who has had um, some history in the NFL, or a lot of history in the NFL. <laughs> He's been with a few different teams, but we most know him for his Bengals days. I want to say it's just been two teams, right? Was it just the Bengals and then... Bengals and then Bills. That's why I had him. He was on the Bills for a year uh, in that Brian game. Oh, so it has been all teams. Yeah, and Joe Shane. So there is Bengals. some connect. There's some connection there. Bengals, Bills, Jets, 49ers are the teams. Uh, but you mostly remember him for a season probably in 2017 when he had his best one of his career with seven touchdowns and over 400 yards catching the ball. Um, so anyway, 30 years old, six foot six. 250 pounds. I think this is a guy you could get on a vet minimum deal, bring some experience, 30 years old, eight years in the NFL. I think he'd be perfect. He's not going to blow the world away uh, with his production, but I think he's nice piece to have um, in that tight end room. So I think he'd be a perfect addition. The Bills connection, obviously, with Dable and Shane. Love it. Do it. Minimum deal. Beautiful. Anyway, um, moving on, I guess, uh, to our interior O-linemen. We got a couple of guys here. Um, there's actually no connection really besides uh, the second guy. There's a slight connection, but the first con- uh, first guy here, Garrett Bradbury, center, uh, Minnesota Vikings. There's no connection necessarily. He's just a damn good center, um, and he's probably going to demand upwards of $12 million a year. They got him at four years, 48. Um, he's been really, really good for the Vikings over the past couple of seasons, uh, really elevated his game, and I think overall he would be a really good addition as our new center, which is a position that is going to be needed. John Feliciano is not getting any younger or any better. Um, so I think that's going to be a position the Giants need to upgrade. And whether they do it in the draft or free agency, there's a lot of good free agency centers out there. And Bradbury is one of them. Uh, and I like him a lot. So I, I think he would be a really, really good addition for this Giants team if they could get him on a somewhat reasonable deal. Because I think $12 million is a little bit high. You could do the other one, too. You're you're an offensive line guy. On- All right, and then moving on, a slight connection to Wink Martindale, I guess you can say. Ben Powers, Ravens guard. Uh, it sounds like he's going to want about $9.5 million. Another really, really solid guard. Uh, Ravens draft a lot of solid offensive linemen in the mid to later rounds. Ben Powers, another one of them in round four in 2019 at Oklahoma. Um, he's had really decent production, didn't uh, give up a sack last season, uh, played in all 17 games durability, uh, consistency, all good things from Ben Powers. So I think he would be a really nice addition um, for the Giants if they could get him in on a reasonable deal as well. Um, Maybe a long-term three- or four-year deal where you can spread out the cash. I like that. I think the Giants do need to bring in an interior O-lineman. A draft isn't super strong in that department, in my opinion. Unless you get Osiris, Osiris Torrance in the first round, yeah. Um, then yeah, that's then then it is strong. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Joe Shane emphasized interior defensive line, and the first guy we got on our list, he's a little bit familiar. Do you remember him, Josh? I think I know a thing or two. Am I might go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm. Lem- I'm. Lem- oh yeah. well, you you started off, so I thought you were gonna keep it going. Yes, I do I'm remember this guy, Dalvin Tomlinson, who probably had his best career season wise in 2020. And Giants fans, I would say including myself, were pretty upset that they didn't bring him back. Uh, it's Dalvin Tomlinson. I think I said that already, right? Six foot three, three hundred twenty-five pounds, twenty-nine years old. Spent the last couple of years with the Vikings. He's a free agent again. I don't see the Giants bringing him back. I'm not gonna lie because Shane and Dable don't know him because they weren't here when he was with the team. Um, you know, he might want to come back to New York. I don't know if they want him there. They don't really know him, so. That's that's my only talk there, and Alex, I assume you have the contract for him as you do for every yeah. player. Eight and a half million is what they have him projected at. As Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence do know him, um, and those are guys that the Giants probably want to keep happy, and maybe they have a little recommendation there. And Joe Shane has talked about how he wants 
greater interior defensive line depth. So even a more expensive guy like Dalvin Tomlinson or the next couple guys could be an option. So who knows? Yes, no, I guess direct connection to the new regime. You are correct. Um, moving on now to another guy who doesn't have any connection. Uh, Ashawn Robinson out uh, from the Rams. Uh, he went to Alabama, uh, came out in the second round 2016. He's going to uh, ask for about $8 million according to spot track. Of course, uh, that could be vastly different. Overall, he's had a, past, you know, a good few past seasons. Didn't have any sacks last season, uh, but put up 44 tackles. The year before, he had a couple sacks, um, you know, like 67 tackles. Played all 17 games in 2021 um, in that Super Bowl winning season. So uh, a very effective player, a guy who can stuff the run. Won't get off to the quarterback that effectively, but overall, I think a guy who could make a nice impact for the Giants. Question is, do they want to pay $8 million a year for a guy who can't really get after the quarterback, but is good in stopping the run with the Giants really struggled with this past season? And another uh, player here at the best uh, season of his career, Zach Allen, 25 years old from the Cardinals. Allen this past year had 47 tackles, but the stat that stands out more is the five and a half sacks that came with that. Um, also eight pass deflections too. So Allen, I guess you see the production there and only 25 years old, but again, you have the money. I don't. So is he the most out of the three of these that he's, so he he's comes out at 9.3. Yeah. I would assume it would be the most out of the three. I've been linked with the young Giants stuff. I've seen multiple reports now that the Giants are interested in Allen along with Davenport, but the Davenport thing is kind of slowed down now. Um, but Zach Allen, still a lot of chatter about him possibly to the Giants, so we'll have to wait and see, but definitely the most expensive, um, but also the most production in terms of getting after the quarterback out of those three. And moving now to the most important position, I think, in the uh, free agency class, the deepest posi- position in the free agency class, and that is linebacker. We've got a few options for you uh, that we're looking into. Really like this first one, Devin Bush uh, from the Steelers, only 24 years old. Uh, first round pick, 10th overall in 2019. Uh, he's going to command around $3 million. I think that's going to be a little low for him. A guy of his age who showed his potential. I think you're looking more upwards of six, seven, eight, maybe $10 million. Um, but overall, uh, definitely disappointed for where he was drafted. Uh, only had, he had 81 tackles last year, 70 in 2021, 109 in his rookie season, though. A couple of sacks in 2021. Did play 16 games in 2022. Um, a guy that you hope to develop. He had so much talent coming out of the draft, coming out of Michigan. Uh, could he potentially live up to that 10th overall pick going forward um, You know, with a new team, a new system under Wink Martindale? Possibly. Um, and I like him because he's just so young, um, and I think there's a lot of potential there. And then moving on to our second guy here. He's been heavily, heavily linked, probably the most linked out of any guy uh, we've talked about so far. That is TJ Edwards out of the Eagles possibly commanding upwards of $12 million a year. Josh, you got more on him? I click off these guys right as you introduce them because I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, but yeah. Edwards had Unclick. Uh, Edwards had his, had his best season with the Eagles this past year. Uh, he's kind of like, I, I not, I'm not saying because I don't watch enough of his game to say Blake Martinez comparison, but when it comes to the tackles, Blake Martinez comparison. He had over 150 tackles this season. Uh, he's also pretty good at at getting into the backfield as well, but it's more about the amount of plays that he makes on the ball, following the ball, following where the quarterback's eyes are going or where the running back is going. And but did you already say how much he's demanding money-wise? Because I got to think another guy that it's going to be a lot of money because well, of a successful, successful well, season with yeah. the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But yeah, 12, sorry. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll move on to the next guy, I guess. Yep. Uh, Drew, Drew Tranquil from the Chargers. Um, 27 years old, looks like he's going to command about $4 million, had his best season of his career uh, this past season, had 145 tackles, five and a half sacks, a true breakout season for the fourth year man um, out of Notre Dame. Notre Dame always produces some great defensive players, Drew Tranquil, another one, um, and I think he's a guy who is going to demand a lot more than, what did I just say before, $4 million, I think he's going to be more upwards, eight nine possibly even 10 million had a really really good season for the chargers um and i'm a big fan of his hopefully uh, the giants can bring him in uh i think the giants might need to bring in two of these linebacker guys uh because you're not going to need you're going to need more than one um considering you know how important some of these 
off the ball linebackers are. I mean, who's our starting linebacker right now? Uh, Gerard Davis probably. So and then need some behind him, Darian Beavers coming off an ACL tip. Micah McFadden. So yeah, there's not a lot of not a lot of depth there right now. So I think do we, we, might do we want Darian Beavers and uh, Micah McFadden to be our backups there? Not ideally, um, <laughs> but I think I think uh, you know we'll have to wait and see what what happens here. But we definitely need some starters. That's for sure. And then we have David Long, another guy who's been really linked to the Giants from the Titans, 26 years old. Uh, $5 million is his projected annual salary. Um, and we've got 86 tackles this past season. Again, the best of his career. Also had a couple interceptions. Uh, so really good season for David Long. Uh, maybe a cheaper starting linebacker option there. Um, and I guess I'll let Josh move on now to the safeties. Cornerbacks. Cornerbacks. On to the cornerbacks we go. You said safeties, Alex. You're, you're, I think you're confused on why I said corners. Yes, cor- yes, sorry. cornerbacks. We're, we're strong at safety, man. As long as we get this Julian Love deal done, we got our free safety. Boom, McKinney. Strong safety. Boom, Love. Wait, did I say that in the right order, right? Yeah, I think so. Safety. Yeah, Love's strong safety. Okay, go. yes, cool. Well, we're going on to Rockison. Um, great name, by the way. Most recently with the Raiders. Three years before that with the Indianapolis Colts and. He had a pretty good season this year uh, for the Raiders. Now looking back at his stats, a total of 45 tackles. I want to look at his pass deflections too. Seven pass deflections, had his most with eight in the previous year uh, before that. No interceptions, uh, but a guy that the Giants could definitely look at, only 26 years old, only. That's pretty young in the NFL. 26 years old, and um, I really have been seeing the Giants looking at the cornerbacks, especially with how the top five to top ten cornerbacks in this draft is wide, meaning that they can get it in the end of the first round or in that second round pick if they wanted to wait until the second round. So I'm very interested to see if they sign a guy in free agency because I really think that's going to change how they look towards the draft cornerback-wise. I do think if the Giants do not sign a cornerback in this free agency window, or at least I hope, if they don't, then either that first or second round pick is going to be a cornerback. Agreed. Yeah. I think you look at the position, you know, you're looking for a number two corner, obviously, behind a Dory Jackson. Dory Jackson also not going to be here forever. So maybe you're looking at a guy, looking at a guy with, you know, CB1 potential as well. I think Rocky Sin is, has a potential for that. Um, he's obviously traded to Vegas for Yannick Ngakwe in that indie trade a few or last year, I guess it was. Overall, a good player. He's going to command upwards of $10.5 million a year, um, which is certainly high for Rockusin personally, um, but that's what SpotTrack has him as. Um, I think if you can get him for $8 million a year, maybe a three-year deal, I think that'd be great. Bring him in, uh, a solid, solid player. You know, isn't going to light the world on fire, but I think he's a, he's, a, he's a very solid corner, I would say. And then the final guy we have here is Marcus Peters, the Wink Connection, uh, already 30 years old, eight years in the NFL, uh, was a first-round pick back in 2015 out of Washington. Has had great production his whole NFL career. Has always been a solid corner, especially under Wink Martindale. Uh, it looks like he's going to ask for about $10 million a year according to spot track. Uh, had a really good season last year. Did have some injury troubles, but still had two forced fumbles and an interception. Had a great year in 2020. Had four forced fumbles, four interceptions, 52 tackles, and also a sack. Um, and overall, he's been very, very solid throughout his whole career. And mostly has played every single game. Uh, not a lot of injury history for him, so that's good. And I think the wing connection, it just makes so much sense for Marcus Peters to the Giants. Yeah, very good cornerback. Uh, I'm not going to say back in the day because it was only a few years ago. Obviously, he's digressed, I would say, over time. Yeah. But uh, a re- regressed? I said degressed? Regressed. Regressed. Sorry. Um, but a two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, def- I think he was also the defensive player of the year or if not defensive rookie of the year back in like 2016 2017 15 something like that uh but but anyway that does it do we have any like final thoughts closings to the, our new york giants free agency list i mean we, we gave you the list of your the guys i mean you have the list now i'm sure you've written it down one by one about who we've given taking notes yeah i love that sure um linebackers top priority if you can get wide receiver at a good value, maybe a guy like Mac Hollins or Paris Campbell, DJ Chark, Zacchaeus, probably not. We'll love a Paris uh, Campbell signing. We'll would love a Paris Campbell signing. I think that's a good probably. idea. Experienced tight end, depth piece at 
into your offensive line at a minimum. Hopefully a star. Just sign one player from every position is basically what I was Sign, yeah. sign everyone. Sign everyone. Um, I think the interior defensive line is important. Corner, I think, is the one that could, is probably the least important because I think you could get good value there in the draft uh, along with tight ends. So those are the uh, ones. And running back. Running back is number one in terms of draft value. There you go. Sign everyone. Alex is sign everyone. Sign everyone and draft everyone. That's, Do it all. It's great. Just steal it from all the other teams. Then all the other 31 teams in the NFL, they have nothing to work with because you have everyone ever. We got everyone. We got everyone. Yeah. It's really matter. It's really Madden franchise with the salary cap off is what Alex is, is going at. And that's why sports management is not as major. Um, and anyway, that is uh, that is the, uh, the NFL free agent targets uh, that we have for the New York Giants. All right, so I really do not want this episode going an hour long, so I'm going right to the plugs here. You can check out the Giant Take podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pandora, tune in, a bunch of places to listen there. To find a lot of places to listen, go to shippingstudios.com slash the giant take. Um, you can also rate us five stars on Apple Podcast, Spotify. We would very much appreciate it. Social medias, Twitter and TikTok at the Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook at the Giant Take Podcast. Alex on Twitter at Inorian23. I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. Thank you very much for listening. Again, all that stuff I just talked about would be in the podcast notes, too. If I went too fast, you weren't really paying attention. That's all right. Um, Alex, let's do it. Wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. We'll be back later in the week, hopefully, uh, reviewing and recapping all of the Giants' free agency signings. Um, And hopefully we didn't miss anything too big by the time this episode comes out Monday morning. And uh, hopefully the Giants make the right moves and don't uh, get ahead of themselves and uh, get themselves in a Dave Gettleman type situation. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.